0: Like my Colorado swag. Cause when I'm in it play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act. And when I'm in it go You know I'm actin bad get bus with my
1: Colorado, swag. My Colorado swag. Welcome in to the DNVR Buffs podcast Presented by Green Mountain Dental Group I'm Henry Chisholm And uh, this is the last show before the game Which is really exciting um, We've got some news to get through We'll start with all that then go through the final Stanford pregame stuff, uh, hitting on things like uh, key matchups, that sort of stuff, and kind of just wrap everything up before the Buffs take on Stanford about 24 hours from now, um, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Saturday on ESPN. No, not ESPN2, got upgraded to ESPN. I almost screwed that up. Um, But yeah, that's the plan for the day. Oh, and of course, hit the DraftKings pick of the week. We'll talk through some of the other Pac-12 games to close things out. Uh, But first, I want to tell you a little bit more about Green Mountain Dental Group. We've had several DMVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. Um, they've reached out to us and let us know how great their experience was. And also they've thanked us for leading them to such a wonderful practice uh, that there's honestly nothing more rewarding than hearing that from our listeners. So please tell us about your experience with green mountain dental group. If you uh, have made the switch, Um, if you didn't know, Green Mountain Dental Group is in Lakewood. It's about 15 minutes away from downtown Denver. Um, and they're the best damn family-owned family, family owned dentist in the metro area. And they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Um, they'll send you personalized cards when you become a new patient. And they're, you know, birthday cards, all of that kind of stuff. Reminders to go get your teeth cleaned. Um, there's so many great things about Green Mountain Dental Group, which is, I mean, First of all, they treat you like family because it is a family-owned practice. Um, but also, if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam at Green Mountain Dental, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush. So make sure you get that scheduled today. All right. Um, let's start with the news. And I didn't pull my notes page up before this, which was really dumb. Okay, there we go. Um First piece of news, Uh, California versus Arizona State has been canceled, um, but not for the reason anybody expected. Uh, Just out of left field, um, there's kind of like a backdoor cancellation. I think here's the best way to sum it up. Um, So, of course, Cal had to cancel their game last week because of, uh, I I think it might have only been one positive test. Yeah, at least according to John Wilner of the Wilner Hotline, um, he, uh, he, he, says that there was only one positive and basically what happened was, um, it was late in the week and they went through the contact tracing, couldn't figure out like who should be held out or, or there were so many players who potentially could have come in contact that they basically just had to throw the whole thing off because they didn't know who was going to be testing positive the next day or the day after that uh, when they were supposed to play the game. Uh, So last week's game for Cal got canceled. Um, But there was hope that they'd be able to play this week. Things got dark. Um, I think it was two days ago maybe that John Wilner again uh, tweeted that Cal's basically lining up for a fourth and 25. Um, But then the twist comes, and that twist is that Arizona State now has – quote well in excess of a dozen uh people out um players coaches head coach Herm Edwards tested positive he released a statement this morning said that he is feeling good um but basically there was like this backdoor crazy COVID problem um that ruined things when it was starting to look like Cal was actually going to be able to play um now it sounds like Cal might be trying to schedule another game. Um, since today is Friday, the last day before football games, this is the day where we really expect to see the majority of the cancellations. And this is also, I mean, in case you guys have like somehow found a way to not see coronavirus maps, you guys kind of know what's going on and that like in Colorado we're at like 15 times the as bad as it has ever been here. Um, and that's kind of true at a bunch of places. Um, and that's why there probably will be even more cancellations today. Um, the question is just whether it happens to <laughs> the Buffs, in my mind. Like, are we going to get Buffs games or not? Um, but it, it is in this... They're in this weird space now where they're trying to figure out if it's possible for Cal to schedule another game. Like, like knock on wood and all that, but say... Arizona or not Arizona state. They did get a bunch of positives. Um, Stanford gets a bunch of positives and that means that Stanford and Colorado can't play tomorrow. Well, can the buffs just change their flight to get out to Cal? And uh, I guess I'm not sure if Arizona state was supposed to be playing at Cal, but there might be like hotel rooms already booked and you could try to like make that work. Those are the types of things that everybody's trying to piece together right now. And, uh, it's it's to not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do, but with so many cancellations, there are a lot of teams that are going to be left trying to find games, and maybe you even see a situation where a Pac-12 team plays a non-Pac-12 team. Um, don't really know, um, but um, let's see. Let's r- important reminder here is that Arizona State. Is supposed to come to boulder next weekend and so with all of the positive cases coming out today and i think some of them were yesterday too but there were just more today um you don't really know what to expect you know the, the cdc guideline is uh that, that i think it's 10 to 14 days you have to quarantine yourself after you first get symptoms if you test positive and obviously by those numbers next Saturday is less than ten days away. Um, but maybe there's something with like the testing negative afterward, that sort of stuff that could change some things. The problem for Arizona State is that uh most of the positive tests are in an undisclosed position group. Um so so they're all very much like it could be offensive linemen, could be defensive linemen. We don't know the position group, but we do know that they are concentrated in one area and that makes it a little bit less likely they could play next week, you know, but again, totally up in the air. Cal was able to turn around from a late in the week COVID test that canceled the game to being able to play this week. Um, It just happens to be that they're playing a team that isn't able to play this week. Uh, So something to pay attention to there with Arizona state Um, and also pay attention to see if the PAC 12 is able to, to reschedule a game for Cal because again, there's, there is a chance and we don't know whether it's a big chance or a small chance, but there is a chance that Colorado will be in this sort of position next week, just because Arizona state's program will not have recovered in time. Um, again, waiting and seeing, um, also important to note that since the pandemic has kind of gotten worse recently, um, Oregon, California, and Washington now require, um, people crossing state lines to quarantine for 14 days. Um, in Oregon, the, the, we, we know already that Oregon and Oregon state athletics and things related to the Oregon and Oregon state athletics, they'll get a pass. They won't have to do this, but we haven't totally heard, um, what's going on everywhere. So again, another thing to pay attention to, um, in more fun news, well, not all that fun. Here, we'll start with the fun part. McKinley Wright was chosen as preseason first team All Pack Twelve, which is really exciting. Um, he, he won the regular season all first team all pack twelve award each of the last two years. So it's not like this is it it, it must be nice to be McKinley Wright, where you get preseason all pack twelve and you say, Oh yeah, that's just kinda like Middle-of-the-pack accomplishment. You know, for a lot of people, that would be the highlight of their life. Um, But just kind of shows where McKinley's at at this point. Um, It is kind of weird how they do that, though. You know, there are are a lot of things that you can complain about with the Pac-12 conference. But a lot of them aren't, like, super clear. You know, there's things like, well, why do they spend so much money on rent? out in san francisco and you know they would say because we want to be right around the where all the tech companies are and start building those relationships and that'll be valuable and you can say like well it's been a decade and we still haven't seen that pay off it doesn't seem like it's worth it and then maybe you can make a bigger case but it could be that right around the corner all that stuff does pay off what's really weird to me is some of the smaller decisions like how they do all pac 12 basketball Because for the preseason and the postseason, it's structured so that 15 players get awards. Um, uh, There's separate teams. But but what's weird about it is, if you know that you want to give all Pac-12 honors to 15 players, it seems like it would be really easy. You know, you have five on the first team, five on the second team, five on the third team. Instead, it's 10 on the first team, five on the second team, there is no third team. It, it's just really confusing. It just doesn't really make sense why somebody would structure things that way when nobody else does anything close to that at any level. Um, so that kind of grinds my gears, I guess, is the point of all this. But I just, I just don't understand. And so he uh, was uh, the... Uh, McKinley Wright was like one of the 10 each of the last two years. He was one of the 10 preseason. But I feel like it would have been nice if they would have just let him be one of the five. Or even just say, no, you're second team. And have a little bit more depth there. I don't know. It looks good for the conference to have a bunch of all Pac-12 players, I guess. I don't know. Oh, and here's a quick tweet from John Wilner jumping back into that last stuff. Um, But he says, if Oregon State is able to play in Seattle... The most likely shuffle would be Cal playing UCLA if Utah has to cancel. Nothing official, highly fluid. So they're doing their best to figure out what they can do. Um, We'll see what they come up with, Um, and hopefully it works out because, again, the Buffs could be in that situation. Um, Back to basketball, though, real quick, one more note. Um, While McKinley Wright did get preseason first team all-conference, the Buffs were picked seventh in the Pac-12, which surprises me. You know, I haven't been following the Pac-12 for all that long, um, but it it does seem like there was a pretty easy case to be made for Colorado to be a top-five team and and maybe a little bit tougher case, but still certainly, in my opinion, a case to be made for top-three. And if they had come in first, I would have said, yeah, I think they've got pretty close to as good a chance at winning this as anybody. Um, I, I, I I've said this plenty of times before but I think that this team gets knocked a little bit too much for losing Tyler Bay who's a great basketball player but I don't think that he's necessarily like irreplaceable and you also have these great young players coming in some of them from last year stepping into significant roles this year that I'm really excited about but also some freshmen this year who can plug gaps in a way that Last year there were some gaps that just couldn't be plugged. You know, backup point guard. Um, I mean, really anywhere in that backcourt you could make a case. You know, as 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 much as I think that you know the book isn't written on somebody like Eli Parquet. I think that they probably could have done better with his minutes. You know, Shane Gatling as a senior was kind of just not not underwhelming. He was good at what he did, but he was forced into that starting lineup, and. You know, I I just wonder what this team is going to look like this year. And I think that some of the gains in areas outside of Power Forward might be more than capable of fulfilling the potential hole that is created by Tyler Bay's absence. Um, Seventh just doesn't seem right to me. Um, But we should probably move on because there's more stuff to talk about, um, including one more piece of news that is very, very relevant to what the Buffs are trying to get done this weekend. And we'll get to that after we take a quick break so that I can tell you how much I love Breckenridge beers. Breckenridge Brewery is the place to go for uh, all of your beer needs. They have a bunch of awesome beers from the Strawberry Sky, the Avalanche, to the Mango Mosaic, to the Mountain Beach, Um, They have Christmas beers, the Broncos Country Hoppy Pale Ale, the Palisade Peach, so many different beers that you can try. Uh, And I think that my goal is to try all of them. I'm pretty close to having them all tried, but there's still a few that I need to get my hands on. If you guys want to check out any of these beers, then you can go to the Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website, and it will tell you exactly where you can go to pick up whatever beer it is that you want to try. Um, Also... This Sunday will truly be like no other. With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, wants to put you in the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action... DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover with risk-free Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, there's plenty of action to get in on. So head to the App Store now to make. Uh, oh, head to the app now to start making it rain. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings will have special promotions and odds boosts every day of this year's tournament in Augusta, Georgia. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code DNVR during sign-up for a limited time Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Uh, Getting into this Stanford game with a piece of news. And that piece of news is that Davis Mills, Stanford's starting quarterback, is expected to play in tomorrow's game. Um, he, I guess we don't know for sure that he tested positive, but it seems like, um, that's the consensus among Twitter people is that he had their false negative test. And there were four players who were out, including, um, whoever it was that did test positive and three others who were, uh, in close contact with that person. But last week after testing positive, that player who's likely Davis mills, um, he tested negative a couple of times and has been consistently testing negative since, and now they're basically committed to just saying, yeah, this, this was a false negative. Everybody's good to go. The County agreed with the school, which agreed with the PAC 12 conference. And they basically just like nullified that test and things are back to normal. Um, um, Obviously, like, very happy that he doesn't have COVID. Nobody else has COVID. Um, but it is a blow to the Buffs' chances of winning. Um, how big of a blow? You know, I think that that's kind of up for debate, but it's you'd rather play a backup quarterback than a starting quarterback. Um, I think we spend a lot of time talking about Jack West. The backup quarterback who played last week in place of Davis Mills and would have played this week in his place. Um, and you know the the key point, the the biggest thing that you notice when watching him is that he only throws the ball in the middle of the field. He at least last week in his first real action, he refused to throw the ball at the sideline um outside of I think there were four deep shots, um all just like long balls, those big, strong, fast receivers. And four of those were outside, but there was nothing underneath um, stretching you horizontally in a way that the West Coast offense that Stanford runs typically does stretch you horizontally. Um, I think that that's probably quite a bit different with Davis Mills, you know, for a bunch of different reasons. I'm not sure why Jack West doesn't or didn't throw the ball to the sideline um but davis mills doesn't have any reason not to he has the arm strength um and i mean that's generally the big question when you're throwing those out routes is can you get it there without giving a defender a chance to break on the ball take three steps and cut it off um and in college football you're probably less than 50 50 with quarterbacks who can do that you know power five it's a it's a different story but that is one of like the big disqualifiers when going to the NFL. Now, with that said, Davis Mills still does like to work the middle of the field and he still will do I think probably the majority of his work over the middle of the field. But the difference is that you know, my pitch for the game plan was play off on those outside receivers, don't let them get on top of you. And if Dave or if uh Jack West wants to start throwing little out routes to him underneath your coverage, let him let him convert a couple of those before you start getting too worried about covering anything inside of like ten yards outside of the numbers. That's different now. You do have to play Stanford a little bit more straight up. Um moving on from like where they throw the ball, the biggest difference is Davis Mills has a great arm. Um, He can fit the ball into a bunch of tight windows. He can be incredibly accurate. Um, Sometimes he can decide too soon where he's going to throw the ball and make some throws that he probably shouldn't make. But a lot of the time he's able to complete those throws, either because his arm is just so good and he was able to hit the window, or because his receiver, remember, these receivers, the starting receivers are going to average about 6'2 and 215 pounds. So they're big guys who can make plays for their quarterback. And and a lot of the time, Davis Mills relies on that. And I think that that's scary for this particular Buffs defense because... uh, it's been a trend now for uh, over a year, I guess, because of the way the seasons line up that the buffs cornerbacks don't always do a great job of making plays on the ball. You know, I think that if you were to grade them out in terms of what they're best at and what they're worst at, their grade for being able to stick with a receiver would be a lot higher than their grade for being able to keep the ball away from the receiver when they are close to the receiver. Um, and, And, the reason that's scary this week is that Davis Mills is just going to give his receivers a chance to make plays. Even if it looks like uh, a receiver's covered, he'll still lob the ball up downfield and say, this is one-on-one, I trust semifioco to go get it. And when you're not going to be scared off by the fact that the secondary typically does play very good coverage, they, they are in good position if, if that doesn't stop you from throwing the ball at them, then I worry that they're going to give up more catches than they should given that position. And on top of that, there's the pass interference calls, which we saw last week. That was a big reason that Stanford stayed in the game last week was that the Oregon defense got called for a few pass interferences because that was the only way they could stop the Stanford receivers. Um, I, I think that that probably is Stanford's plan going forward. With Davis Mills, I think that they're going to open up the offense quite a bit. Um, you know, the identity at Stanford will always be running the football and running the football between the tackles. But it, it shifted a little bit last year when they spread things out just a little bit more and let Davis Mills go make some plays. I mean, it was only a few years ago that he was the number one rated pro style quarterback in his entire class. Like, this is a guy who. If he comes back and has what the six games left, if, if he has six good games, he could be an NFL draft pick, and and he could be a, a second rounder. He might be able to be a first rounder, um, if all goes well this season, because he has that type of pedigree. Now, everything would have to go perfectly. You know, he he's got to be throwing for a, a lot of yards, and he's got to be doing it efficiently. But that's kind of where the standing is. People will be quick to jump on his success. Um, but, I mean, again, it's not like he was perfect last year. He made six starts uh, after K.J. Costello got hurt, and I think it was like 11 touchdowns, seven interceptions. You know, he had the 500-plus-yard passing game against Washington State, but he hasn't put it all together. And I think that, uh, you know, if, if I had to sum up what he does well, what he does well is find a matchup before the snap that he likes and say and he says okay this is where this ball is going because I like this matchup and I'm going to wait and I'm going to watch this develop and when the time is right I'm going to put the ball in the best place possible for this receiver you know and and it typically works pretty well for him although committing the way that he has a tendency to commit to one receiver it it causes some problems. Like there, there will be interceptions because of it, and that's really what the Buffs need is to to get a couple of interceptions off of throws like that. You know, he isn't always going through all of his progressions and and finding the open space and figuring out who's going to be there and how to manipulate everybody. But what he has is a great arm and the ability to put the ball wherever he wants it, whenever he wants it there, um, and, and a bunch of receivers who, if he puts the ball in the best possible place they're probably going to be able to make that catch. Um, And and it's not necessarily the most like efficient offense. It's not the type of offense, you know, it's not Tom Brady being clinical, finding open receiver after open receiver after open receiver. Um, But with a big arm quarterback and a bunch of really big physical receivers, it can work, especially when you're forcing defenses to pack the box with that offensive line. Um, if, If they're able to start running and the buffs have to commit eight defenders, to playing in the box, then yeah, he's going to be able to find good matchups outside, find space outside, and exploit that. Um, and that's, it's a scary thought. You know, I still think that this game is pretty much a toss-up in my mind. But, you know, if, if Davis Mills took a step over the offseason, which is very possible, then, you know, that that offense could look a whole lot better than it did against Oregon. Um, still worth remembering that he still hasn't played a game this season. Um, also he probably, I would assume hasn't practiced until today. And we don't even know that he would practice today. Uh, so not really in the rhythm, uh, which definitely does not help a quarterback. Um, But yeah, you know, we talked a lot about what you do about Jack West, Davis Mills. You know, you you still expect to see a bunch of passes over the middle, but you don't just give them the outside until they take it. Uh, You're still forced to to leave a couple defenders there, otherwise they will pick you apart. Um, And he can be successful on those short throws, just rifling balls in there. Um, A lot of stuff where. You know, you have a receiver just run to the sticks, turn around, and there's a ball waiting for him, and he just has to box out. You know, there's going to be plenty of that kind of thing. And I think really just trying to bully this buff secondary, and we'll see if the secondary is up to the task. And I think it might be. And, you know, if Christian Gonzalez learned a lot last week, we've heard about the closing speed. We've heard what he can do. You know, can he go make a play on the ball, though? Because that's what this game could come down to is a couple of – uh, well-timed turnovers, uh, a couple of well-timed blitzes that get you sacks, um, because I I think that there's a good chance that this game is going to be ugly. You know, UCLA, that defense, you can pick that apart. You can just absolutely pick that apart. Stanford's defense is going to be a lot more disciplined, and they're going to make things harder on the Buffs' offense. You know, if if they don't come out and put up 24 points, 30 points. It could just be because of the Stanford defense. Now, at the same time, they are missing guys in that secondary, and we're going to get into that in a second. But first, what are you doing differently with your life come spring 2021? Well, we have a few suggestions. Time and time again, the one thing they'll protect you against economic downturns is an education allowing you to adapt into varying careers. Go and build your toolbox at MSU Denver online. MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. MSU Denver graduates use their relevant degrees to land coveted jobs, and some of our very own staff members at DNVR are taking MSU Denver Online classes right now. Uh, Harrison Wind, who covers the Nuggets, says that his professors have been incredibly engaged and that they come up with great content for their courses because they work in the field that they're teaching in. You don't feel like you're wasting your time or burning money on stuff that isn't relevant to the subject that you're studying. I uh, said that it's been really convenient because like I said, he covers the Nuggets, and they've been in the bubble, they've been playing, he's been on the podcast, all that kind of stuff. But he says that working a job and taking a class is what a lot of MSU Denver Online studi- students do, so that's how the curriculum is built. You can work ahead at any moment. If you have a softer schedule, all of a sudden, or you can, you know, well, I guess you probably couldn't leave stuff, but you could plan ahead and... Uh, Put yourself in a good position when you do need to spend more time focused on work. Uh, you can go to msudenver.com online for more information about the 40 plus online and hybrid programs that can get you a degree or the 700 plus online or hybrid courses that you can take out of curiosity or because you are on your way to getting one of those degrees. Again, that's msudenver.com online. All right, um, we're gonna finish this off by talking about the uh, matchups, the big matchups that I think will decide this game. Um, and like I said, one of them involves the Stanford secondary. Uh, Ethan Bonner, the cornerback for Stanford, he is listed as a starter again this week after really struggling last week in his first career start. Uh, he's a junior. Um, Doesn't have all that much game experience, and it showed. Um, I I think Pro Football Focus credited him with giving up five catches on five targets. Um, He also had a a couple of pass interference calls. Really, what Oregon did was just pick on him. Um, You know, it it was early. uh, They had to figure out where to go with the ball you know you're facing off against a fairly new secondary and you have to feel out where the holes are but as soon as they realized what they had in Ethan Bonner they they picked on him and i think that that's something that the buffs do this matchup i have listed is like the buffs receivers versus Ethan Bonner and and i think that really it's just whoever is lined up across from him has to be taking advantage if that's daniel arias then he needs to be able to get downfield and give Sam a reason to lob a ball up to him. You know, if if it's Katie Nixon, who we still don't know what his status is, um, you know, he's got to be able to create space, get a little comeback route or something, get the ball and turn back around and get upfield. I, th- I think that um, no matter who is lined up across from him, you have to be looking there maybe first every time if you're Sam Neuer. Um, Ethan Bonner, by the way, Number 13 on defense for Stanford. The uh, next matchup features number 13 on offense for Stanford. Uh, Simi Fiocco is a, an incredible receiver. It's 6'4", 230 pounds, um, ran a 4340. Like Like, he is everything you want in a receiver. And great hands, too. We should throw that in there. Um, we talked about him in a little bit more detail earlier this week. Um, but... The point is, he is one of the best deep threats in all of college football. Uh, he was second in the FBS last year with 24 yards per catch. Um, last week, he had three catches for 88 yards. So, upping those numbers already this year. Um, and he was drawing some pass interference calls as well. Which, again, is something that I am really worried about with Colorado this week. Is I mean, it, It's more so what happens in the last half second that the ball is in the air than any other part of the game that I'm worried about the buffs cornerbacks this week, you know, because that's, that's, that's when you could see these big receivers able to just box them out, um, able to push them away or just see the buffs corners show that they haven't quite gotten the technique down, knocking balls away, picking balls off. um, and there, there are a bunch of ways that could go wrong. Oh, and of course, the penalties, which, like I said, last week's game between Oregon and Stanford, a lot of pass interference calls. Some of them on Ethan Bonner, some of them... Um, actually, Simi Fioco got called for an offensive pass interference as well. Um, but Oregon was called for plenty on the Stanford receivers. I think that that's something that we're going to see this week. I think, again, on both sides of the ball, there are going to be a couple of those calls. If you can limit those then obviously you take an advantage there, uh, assuming that you're still getting the ball away from the receiver. Um, yeah, uh, the the final matchup, you know, it's tough because uh, I think that this game really comes down to who wins in the trenches and who is able to take advantage of the deep passes better. Um, and, and really is it, does Simi Fiocco pick up more yards produce more than ethan bonner gives up on the other side and you know i feel like i'm kind of being mean to that poor guy but you know it's that whole secondary but that is where you're going to start and and if it turns out that they bring help over to his side or they start doubling guys i don't know um then you you work into that counter adjustment but but it is going to be where do the big passing plays come from is it from stanford's offense or colorado's offense um and that's going to be half of it and, and half of it's going to be who can consistently just win in the trenches. And really, it might be 75-25 in favor of who wins in the trenches. Um, and the, the matchup I chose is uh, Drew Dahlman versus Jalen Sami. Um, Drew Dahlman, center for Stanford, one of the best center prospects in all of college football. He's uh, the first team preseason all Pac-12 football. They actually only list one player for position, in the the football preseason, all Pac twelve stuff, uh, as opposed to the two in basketball. But um, uh, he is really really good. Um, last week again, this is according to Pro Football Focus. They uh the the Stanford running backs ran fourteen times, um, in the a ga- in the a gaps. You know, either to the left or to the right of Drew Dahlman, in the center, and on those fourteen rushing attempts. They picked up 10.7 yards per carry. That is what you're dealing with here with this interior offensive line. And it, it all starts with Drew Dahlman. And you've got Jalen Sami, the nose tackle, lined up straight across from him. And that's going to be one worth watching. You know, this is where we really see, is Jalen Sami taking that step? You know, because there were there were flaws in his game last year. This is where you kind of would I mean, if if he holds his own against Drew Dahlman, then you're saying, yeah, this this is a future NFL player. Um, You know, if if you get pushed around a little bit, then you say, okay, you know, there's there's still things that need to be done, which we know coming into this. And that's something that Jalen said this week was that he feels like he hasn't lived up to his standards and that, that he feels like he's capable of more. And changing this technique is hard on the big guys more than it's hard on the little guys on the defensive line. You know, somebody like Mustafa Johnson, who's that more explosive athlete, you can teach him how to just get through the gap. Treat, it, treat every down like a pass rush. A lot of the time on pass rushdowns, Jalen Sami isn't out there, and that's not a weird thing. That's because he's a nose tackle, and at six foot five and 325 pounds or whatever, he isn't the most explosive athlete, but what he can do is not get pushed around because he is so big, and he is so long, and he is such a good athlete for that size. Um, him going up against Drew Dahlman is, you know, it's not must-see TV, but... If we see it go the way it could go, if Jalen does make it a fight, then it will be must see TV. Um, and, and this is one of his big opportunities this season to, to show what he can do. Um, because, you know, he isn't going to like the NFL draft this year or anything. But like I said, Drew Dahlman is. And all of the scouts from all of the teams that are interested in Drew Dalman, which is going to be pretty much all of them. They're going to be going back through Drew's tape. They're going to be watching at least a few of the games. If they're thinking about actually drafting him, they're going to be watching all of them. In a shortened season, you're almost guaranteed to be all over scouts film um, this spring if you're Jalen Sami. Um, just because, like, he, they're only playing seven games. Stanford's only playing seven games. And, and so... When they go back and look, how did Drew do? They'll say, well, he did it well everywhere except for against Jalen Sami. Let's keep that name in mind next year. Um, So big week for Jalen. Big week for this entire defensive line, though. Really big week. Um, You can start by talking about um, Drew Dahlman, the center, uh, but the right tackle, Foster Sorrell. He's another one who's going to be in the NFL, sooner rather than later. I guess he's a senior. It's going to be a year from now that he's in the NFL. Um, the the rest of the line, all the the three sophomores that they have next to the two seniors, they're very good prospects. They're very very good prospects. You know, we may not have seen all that much of them so far, but they're they're Stanford offensive linemen, and you just know what you get. You know, it is a big loss for Stanford to not have Walker Little at that other tackle spot. You know, if they have Walker Little and they have Drew Dahlman and Foster Sorrell, th- I mean, that's immediately, like, there's no way that isn't a top 10 offensive line in the country. And in, there's a way that it could pan out where it's top three and maybe even just the absolute best. Losing Walker Little on that left left side, that's, that's huge. And you wonder how, what that means for a quarterback like davis mills you know who isn't the most mobile you know i think any college quarterback can go pick up a couple of yards with his legs if you have to and and that's basically what davis mills is as an athlete you know he's decent moving around the pocket um but that's where he wants to be is in the pocket and if you're able to get into that backfield and and beat him up a little bit because he'll stand there strong like he's not going to run away from guys but if you can beat him up, get him on the ground, that changes things. And without Walker Little protecting his blind side, that really changes things. And it's kind of on this Buffs defensive line to get into the backfield and make things hard on him, knock some balls down, sack him, put him on the ground even if you can't get there in time to get the sack. And this is going to be a fun game. And I think that this is a game that – is going to be a bit of a change of pace from last week. You know, to play in the Pac-12, you have to be able to put up points. You know, Mike Leach might be gone, and you you don't have, like, one spot on the schedule basically every year where you're saying, okay, that's the week where if we win, we're going to have to have put up 45 points. So we just need an offense that's capable of that he's gone but that concept is still true with a bunch of guy or a bunch of these teams I'm um, starting with UCLA you know it's like Carl Durrell said this week we knew that DTR was going to make plays the question was could we make more plays than he does and they were able to really limit those big plays in the first half and in the second half they started to get a little bit leaky defensively with the big run and the the long ball All told, they did a pretty good job, especially when you consider the circumstances. Um, This week, though, this week is different. This isn't one where you can just let a couple of receivers get loose and go get themselves 60 yards. As crazy as that sounds going up against Fioko, you just can't let it happen Um, because that defense, even though it is leaky and even though they gave up all those points to Oregon, it's still Stanford and you still just can't quite trust that that's going to happen. I think what was the score of last year's game? Was it 1713 that the buffs won? I think that that's going to be kind of the range that we see this week. Um, But again, it's, it's kind of tough to tell because you do have Simi Fioco and you do have Jarek Broussard on the buff side. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a fun one though, and I'm really excited. Uh, do I have any last thoughts? I don't think so. We ha- I guess we haven't spoken all that much today about the Buffs' offense, and it is worth noting that if Jarek Broussard just does two thirds of what he did last week. That's how you turn this not into a 17-13 game. You know, if this offensive line can open holes. For the running backs against this defensive front for Stanford, which we've, as we've been saying, you know, it isn't the fastest group. It isn't the fastest front seven. Does that mean that they're able to just bury this buff's offense, just push everybody back and jam Jarek up before he even gets going? Possibly. Does it mean that there's no way that they can keep up with Jarek and that he has a real chance to actually get his 200 yard game this week? I mean, that's an unrealistic expectation to put on him, but there, you, you could see how attacking the edges of this defense could really go well for Colorado. You know, I think David Shaw, as we've said earlier in the, the, earlier in the week, David Shaw said, like, Stanford attacked the edges of our defense with a speed option, and it worked. What happens in college football? The, the next team does what the last team had success doing. So are we going to see some of those option plays um, trying to get Jarek in space or let Sam run with a little bit more power if he does cut up field? You know, I I like the idea, but you also have to know that Stanford's going to be prepared for it. Um, Attacking this defense, you know, I I I really think you got to get to the edges. We really didn't see any toss plays or anything like that for Jarek last week. You know, in the NFL, you're seeing a lot more um, of this play where you line up in the shotgun. um, Maybe you got a tight end in the game. um, And instead of like handing off the running back or handing off to the running back on the inside zone with him like running from right to left, when he's on the right side of the quarterback before the snap, you snap the ball, he runs further right, and you just pitch him the ball and he's out in space. You know, all these little things that can be added in as counters. I'm excited to see where this offense goes. I'm excited to see where Darren Cheverini takes it. Um, Stretch the edges of this defense. Throw some deep balls. um, Get Daniel Arias a few chances to go up and make a play. And if it works, then give him a few more. And, you know, if if he's on number 13 in red, that's probably the situation where you want to be calling those plays. Um, you know, there's, again, there's a real chance that Ethan Bonner just had, like, a tough first start, which can happen. You know, Christian Gonzalez made some mistakes, too. But you keep stressing that part of the defense until they shore it up. And maybe it already happened maybe it's going to happen next week and you're able to take advantage this week. Um, But those are kind of the keys to me. Um, Really big game in the trenches, but it could be changed by some deep balls on either side. Um, I I like the Buffs running backs better than Stanford's running backs, but that Nathaniel Pete, their number two running back, he scares me. And again, this is kind of reiterating what we've been talking about all week, but, the speed that he has seems like it could work very well for that offense if they did want to shift things and give him more of the touches than Austin Jones. Um, I think we've pretty much gone through all my thoughts. If you want more and you didn't listen to Tuesday's podcast, that's where we really got deep um, into what to expect from Stanford. Um, So yeah, let's leave it at that. And, move on to the draft Kings pick of the week. And we're going to run through some more PAC 12 action. It, It went well last week. Um, if you guys were betting, I think the, I think I made two picks last week. Um, and they were to take, uh, Arizona state against USC. I think Arizona state plus like maybe it was 14 points. That's a lot of points um and it wound up being like a one or two point game. Um and then Colorado of course was able to cover the six points um that they were spotted this week actually winning the game. Um so let's run through some of these Pac-12 games. Uh first one of the day. Actually, I guess there are two at the same time with Colorado Stanford and USC Arizona. Um Like I said, I think Colorado-Stanford's a toss-up, with Stanford currently listed as a 7.5-point favorite. I feel like that's just great value. If you can take Colorado, and for those of you who don't bet, Stanford minus 7.5 means that at the end of the game, you subtract 7.5 points from Stanford's score, and then compare it to Colorado's. And if you took Colorado, then you won. If you took and Colorado has more points than the minus seven and a half. So what this really means, though, is that if Colorado loses by a touchdown or less, then Colorado wins the bet. And like I said, I think it's a toss-up. On top of it being a toss-up, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, not so much that I would say take like the under but enough so that I would say I don't think that either team is likely to win by more than a touchdown, Um, although it's still early and we don't know too much about these teams. Um, The other one I really like – actually, there are two now that I think of it. USC-Arizona. USC USC is a 14-and-a-half point favorite. They need to win by more than two touchdowns to cover. I think that they do. I think that they are just that much better than Arizona. Now, Arizona hasn't played yet – um, Grant Gannell, the quarterback, I really think that he could be a lot of fun. Um, I think Gary Brightwell's the running back now. I'm excited to see what he can do. But USC is just a, a, a better program than Arizona. And I think that also Arizona State didn't get nearly enough credit for how good they are last week. And so USC having to work as hard as it did to beat Arizona State. Not a huge surprise. I still feel confident USC winning more than two touchdowns. Um, Oregon minus 10 and at Washington state. Oregon's really good. Uh, and I think that, you know, I think Stanford's better than Washington state and Oregon just beat Stanford. Uh, what was that score? 35, 14. Um, so 10 and points here. Uh, I think that that's another one that you just have to like, this is All favorites. I guess Colorado wasn't a favorite. Um, Utah-UCLA, I'm staying away from that. Uh, Utah, two-and-a-half point favorite. It seems like you should be taking it because we already saw what UCLA is. Uh, Utah was in the Pac-12 title game last year with a chance to go to the college football playoff. The thing is, Utah, I think they lost either 9 or 10 of their 11 defensive starters. They lost their starting quarterback. They lost their starting running back. And uh, what even is this team is a very valid question, especially because they didn't get to play last week. So even though Utah minus two and a half seems like a pretty good deal, I'm staying away from that. Um, Oregon State at Washington. Washington is a 14-point favorite. Mm, I, I think this is another one I'd stay away from, but if anything, I'd probably go Oregon State. Um, Again, we haven't seen Washington yet. We don't know what Washington is. Now, the problem with making these picks 24 hours before the game starts is that that still leaves too much time for games to get canceled, and then that means that you're shifting opponents everywhere else. So, I don't know. If these games hold, you guys know what my picks are, and I hope that you guys can make some money off them. Uh, That's going to do it for today. I will be back. Oh, actually, Saturday, tomorrow after the game, um, I'll be talking with RK and Ben uh, from the studio uh, at the DMVR bar about what uh, went down. And it's going to be a lot of fun, and we will see you there, hopefully. Actually, uh, there is one comment to get to uh, from Sonny Rain who says, Hey, Henry, it's good to have football back. Hopefully we're really able to play out the season in its shortened form. Fingers crossed. What a first week! I'll go on record and admit that I didn't expect much from Sam Neuer at all. Over the years and the limited time that he got at quarterback, I didn't see anything that indicated that I'd be sitting here with egg on my face after his first start. I honestly thought that he'd struggle and end up having to hit the bench. Man, was I wrong. He played outstanding. I really feel Coach Chev put him into a good rhythm with all the short passes and got Neuer's confidence rolling. And the running Sam did was huge in that regard as well. For anyone feeling themselves because they didn't openly doubt Neuer, chill. Have a seat. No one in the fan base knew what Neuer had in the toolbox before this game. Now we know. Let's see how it goes the rest of the way. On the Stanford game, as worrisome as Pete and Jones can be for us, I'm a bit more worried about a decent quarterback throwing to all of those jumbo pass catchers. We definitely can't be blowing coverage when it's already going to be a challenge to match up physically. Should be interesting, though. Let's hope we can put up the same type of offense again. Thanks, and have a great weekend. What a way to end the week. Some great stuff. Hopefully Sam keeps stays hot and hopefully the buffs can co- cover those big 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 receivers. Uh that's actually it and I'll actually see you again tomorrow.
0: I think I like my Colorado swing. My Colorado swag hey. is pushing one 80. 80. and pack, competition, see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army, with soldiers like the Navy yeah. and voters where we station, patiently awaiting. Whoa. When they hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes. I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit Hit picture. Hit 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 hey. And hey. you on your own now. Why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we Wait till you, you can get it any time yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last yeah. A Colorado swag in the middle of the ring Green. Throwing blows, knocking down team after the team. They like my Colorado swag Cause when I'm in that play I don't really, I don't really know just how to act And when I'm in that gold, you know I'm acting bad and get a buzz with my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. I think they like, I think they like my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway, my Colorado sway. My Colorado sway, cause when I'm in it black, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act, and when i minute in it go, you know I'm acting bad, Holly get a bus with my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, I think they like, I think they like my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.